been meditating on some things, and really, I've been meditating, I'm not going to be preaching on that today, but I've been meditating on the second coming of Christ, and I did teach somewhat on that a few, oh, three or four weeks ago at Spirit of Faith at Cedar Rapids, but the Lord changed, uh, and I, I just really felt that we ought to talk about being established in the faith today established in the faith. You know, Dad Hagen used to teach on the ABCs of faith, and he would tell us, keep it simple. How many know that, are you doing every, is every arena of your life just perfect? Are you putting God's word in every arena of your life? No. But the more that we hear it, the more that we hear it and we gain in knowledge, revelation will come because we start out with knowledge. It's a book, but it's an anointed book. And if we will keep looking at it with an observe to do like First Joshua 1.8 in there, if we observe it, attend to it, give our attention in full spectrum, looking at God's word, and then we say, Lord, we, we apply it to our lives. And do me a favor, don't look on your past on everything you've done wrong before you can apply it to your life. As a matter of fact, let yesterday go. Let the, the sins of yesteryear go and say, Father, I take your strength. I take your help. And I love the scripture that says, he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. Don't ever settle for yesterday. Go with today. And let his word of forgiveness and let his word of the cleansing blood, let his word of healing, let his word of prosperity, just let it run over you. Wow, when I said that, there, there's just an anointing in here that just kind of hit me at that time. Let his word just run over you. Let it work in you. Learn to love God's word because if you love his word, then you're loving him. Let's read a few quotes here. This is a book that I wrote some years back, uh, Faith on Trial. I don't know if you've read that, but it's a great book. It's really about, from that time, it was several years ago I wrote it, but it's about 32 years of a compilation of teaching on the subject of faith and teaching in Bible schools and what have you. But here's some quotes I put it in there. In order to renew our minds, we should become avid students of Bible doctrine. In particular, our knowledge of the kingdom of God and who we are in Christ, therefore we will learn how to access our authority in his name. If you want to understand this, we're going to be talking about it and just make it more simple. We will become rooted and built up in Christ. We will be established and productive in our course of faith. Now, over the years, I've learned to read the Bible and see the different way that Paul the Apostle, you know, uh, that Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they said things in the Old Testament, the New Testament, they said things and they would change it up, but it was the same meaning. And you learn to look at the Word of God and get a revelation and understand of the words that they're using. And I'm a wordsmith, I look them up, maybe too much sometimes, but I enjoy it. So leave me alone. That's what I tell my, my husband, leave me alone, I enjoy it. Many people want to experience, here's another quote, Many people want to experience the blessing of God, but they're not willing to set their minds and hearts on the right things in order to be firmly fixed. If you don't feel that your life is firmly fixed 
on God's word, on the things of God, the kingdom of God, which, where's the kingdom of God? It's within you. If you don't feel like you're firmly fixed in these things, don't go by how you feel. Leave yesterday behind and say, Father, you work in me both to will and to do of your good pleasure. With our belief in his word that he is working in us and his spirit is helping us and strengthening us. And Father, I I want to be firmly fixed in these areas that yesterday, yesterday I wasn't firmly fixed in that. We're not giving ourselves a sentence to live in sin for the rest of our lives. We're not giving ourselves a sentence to walk less than what God wants us to walk in. My friend, I don't believe anybody in this room has to stay the same. There are many good things about you, I'm sure. About me too. If you got to know me, you'd like me. Anyway, moving right along. I'm just saying, if we want to be firmly fixed in who we are in Christ, we're going to have to look at what is the purpose of our meeting, our gathering here. What is the purpose? What is the number one purpose? And that is to really be established, to be fixed, to be firmly footed in God's word, being led by the Spirit, and doing what he's telling us to do. And today I want to talk to you about being firmly fixed. Let's, let's read one more quote. And these are just quotes that I put in here. In order to push forward and break out into the realms of God's best, we must be established, settled, and secured on a safe footing. We must, build our, we must be built on the rock of hearing and doing. And then let's read Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. This kind of would be our theme scripture, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, and really that's the rock we're standing on, Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. My friend, the only way you were able to get saved is through faith. The only way that you're able to get up in the morning is through faith. The only way that you're able to say, I have a heavenly father, is through faith. So somebody that says, you know, you burden us with all this faith stuff. I'm not not the one that wrote the Bible. And I believe God did a wonderful job of it. And he set up a system of faith that if you trust in him and you speak it out of your mouth... It's going to come to pass. You're going to change some things in your life. And did you know that your words actually change the physical matter? Did you know that there's matter in this pulpit? That there's just millions or quadrillions or whatever of cells and whatever they (laughs) call that. Um, Molecules, thank you. And when we speak, we affect things. But... When we speak, that chair's not changing. No, it's I'm specifically putting God's word. And really, what are the boundaries of what we can believe for? You need healing for your life? Start speaking. Isaiah 53, 3 and 5. 1 Peter 2, 24. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. I, you know, give me about a year. I need to grow up. No, he gave you that covenant. Just like you, if you had a baby. Not everybody did, all right. But if you did... 
Are you waiting a year to feed that baby? <laughs> Azariah, oh, oh no! He's like, no, I like food, Pastor Debbie. Yeah, he likes food. I've seen him eat. Moving right along. So you're not waiting for that. God is not waiting. He gave you a covenant of healing. Just start walking it out. What, how do I do that? Just thank God that you're healed. If something comes to mind where you missed it, just lay that down on the altar and say, I'm sorry, Lord. And I ask you to help me, strengthen me, not to yield to that. And talk to him that way. But don't act like as if sin or wrong thinking or that type of thing took away your covenant right. That's who you are. If you park a Ford, excuse me, if you park a Ford truck in, in, in the garage, uh, is it going to change it? No, it's in the garage, but it's still Ford. Well, what if I put it in gear and start driving? It's still a Ford. It did, it, nothing that you can do is going to change it. Nothing that we can do changes the fact that if we've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, see, we're, we're, we're being established in the simplicity of who we are in Christ. What, what is it that the church needs to uh, emphasize? Faith in God, who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, and what we can do in Christ. Who we are, what we have, and what we can do. How many of you, if you got a gift, maybe you got a clock from somebody, and it, it took batteries. How many, if you didn't know that it took batteries, and you, it's like, this clock's not working. Read the directions. The directions show you how to open it up, and it tells you what kind of, whether it's double A or triple A batteries to put in there, and what? If you put them in right, if you don't put them in, you put them in backwards like I've done many times, then it won't work. Right, right. But if you put them in right, that clock will start, it will start working like it's supposed to. All you have to do is put the Word of God in right. Yes. Not through wrong thinking, but right thinking. Don't put the batteries in opposite where they're supposed to go. So we walk in Him. In other words, if you were going into your home, and maybe it's a brand new home, and you walk in the front door, how do you get in the front door? You got a key of some sort? Today we have lock boxes. Punch the number in. How many know that we have the name of Jesus? Yes. What does that mean? Well, it means that the, the name is really the key to get into yes. and access yes. the blessings within. Yes. So we have the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. What does that mean? We're going to talk about that a little bit. We have the keys to the kingdom. We can get inside and, and receive what we need as long as we are rightfully using the principles of God's word to get the right key. If you use the wrong key, you're not going to get into the house. But if you use that right key, you get into the house. We have a badge, the name of Jesus. If you uh, were a policeman on the police force and, and the governor of the city gave you a job to go stop traffic in a certain intersection, you have a badge. Well, that name is our badge. And we're not stopping traffic with it and being weird, trying to 
you, you know, grow bushes and that, whatever. I mean, if you, you do, you can speak over your garden like Adam and Eve did. I'm not saying that. But anyway, sometimes people are just, use it specifically for the boundaries God gave you in his word. And what is that? Redemption. Redemption. You have been healed. You have been prospered. You have been forgiven. And really, he's given us a, a victorious life. So just start speaking, I have victory in every area. I have victory in every area. Does anybody have a, a prayer cloth? Do we have a prayer cloth? I just remembered the Lord. Remind me, uh, the Lord wanted me to minister to a prayer cloth. And we'll do that shortly as soon as I make my point here. Thank you, Cameron. Uh, but that badge, remember the governor? He, he gave us a badge to do a job. And that means that if you put your hand up, like if you're a policeman, you put your hand up there and there's a Mack cut, truck coming down the road. Maybe you've heard this illustration, but it bears repeating. And this, this Mack truck is coming. That policeman will put his hand up and that truck will stop. If he doesn't, he's probably going to prison. You don't want to hit a policeman. <laughs> no, you just don't want to do that. How many know that the devil, he's like a Mack truck and he tries to come and run us over. And unless we use our authority in Jesus' name, in other words, we say, in the name of Jesus, because see, I got this badge. I'm a child of God. Jesus' name, get out of here, sickness. Get out of here, poverty and lack. Condemnation thinking, get out of here. I'm not listening to that anymore. Some of that condemnation thinking is just our own doing. It's not all the devil. And we've just, you know, not every thought that comes into your head is the devil. You understand? Uh, so change your thinking through God's word. Learn your authority. That is an established thing. What we ought to prioritize. And many people, when we say the authority of the believer, they're like, oh, that's, that's big. I may not learn real authority for five years. We've we got to learn it day one. Learn your authority in Christ day one and stop thinking about I've got to grow five inches spiritually before I can do this. No. Just start saying it. Start believing it in your heart. Say, Lord, I'm taking your word at face value. That policeman got up, put on his uniform, went out there in traffic whether he felt like it or not. Whether he yelled at his wife before he left or not. I will say that if you're walking in sin, there are consequences to that, and the enemy can come steal things from you, and mainly he, he will steal your confidence and your consecration of heart so that you limit yourself from receiving because of condemnation. Don't walk in condemnation. Just say, just at the beginning of your day, it doesn't matter what you did. Don't let the enemy chime in and don't let your own mind or, or heart condemn you and say, you're going to just do what you did yesterday. Get up and be firmly fixed in, Father, I give you my life today. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. He who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. And I thank you, Father. You will. You work in me both to will and to do of your good pleasure every day. Or, or the minute that condemnation comes your way, you change it out and say, Father, I receive forgiveness. I plead the blood of Jesus. And now I just take your help. 
I take your help. That's what we're to be firmly fixed on. Why don't I get up in the morning and the first thing I do, I don't, the first thing I do in the morning, I'm not praying for Israel. Now, that didn't set well with a few people. Maybe that's the first thing you do. I don't get up in the morning. The first thing I do, uh, well, in, see, the first thing we've got to do is strengthen ourselves, fortify ourselves in our in Christ realities. Strengthen ourselves in our relationship with the Lord. And your relationship with the Lord means just going to a scripture, just talking to him, just opening up. Even if you don't go to a scripture, just right from your bed. Father, I love you. Yes. I worship you. Yes. The devil comes and says, yeah, I remember what you did. Shut up. Yeah. That's right. Lord, you know what I did yesterday. I'm sorry. Or I didn't go to bed right. Or, you know, I've been walking in love with my husband. I'm sorry, Lord. I give that to you. Put it out of your mind. There are some things you're going to have to change, you understand? And God will help you do that. But you cannot change it by meditating on the wrong in order to do the right. You've got to meditate on the right in order to have the strength not to do the wrong. Amen? In order to walk successfully in our salvation, we must be established or settled in our faith, and we must be continually strengthened in our knowledge of who we are in Christ. In the above scripture, Colossians 2, 6, 7, I, I'm reading from uh, Faith on Trial, and this is chapter 5. <laughs> in the above scripture, the word rooted means to root, figuratively be stable, to cause to strike root, to strengthen with roots, to render firm, to fix, establish, or cause a person or thing to be thoroughly grounded. Let's read a little more. When we are continually strengthened or rooted in the knowledge of God's word by right teaching, we become more established in faith's understanding we progress in light and see the importance of having a strong belief system. Furthermore, as we actively apply these beliefs, then we walk in our redemptive rights and privileges in Christ. In turn, uh, we will help to establish others in walking these same in Christ realities. And we've all heard on the plane when they tell you, if you've got to use your oxygen mask, don't put it on the young one next to you your child, put it on you first, and then put it on them. We can't help anybody if we ourselves are starving spiritually. Now, at the same time, we ought to be of a mindset that, you know, I haven't arrived. I'm still growing. How many of you? <laughs> so we're not waiting for full perfection before we can help our brother and sister. We're not waiting for, I think some people, uh, that, well, I'm just not quite living right, so I can't work in the, home, in the church yet. How many know at my home, everybody takes the trash out? I'm just saying. I'm not waiting for you to be perfect before, yeah, you're going to take the trash out. And sometimes I remind my husband, do you know that was full yesterday when you came through here this morning? I'm just saying. Are you going to take it out? or Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> That doesn't have anything to do with my message. I'm just saying. Who changes the trash around here? No, moving right along. So sometimes I'll get a little attitude and, you know, set it by the garage. He can take it out. I'm not going out there. 
He can take it out. The Lord deals with me. Uh, you help fill it up too. Moving right along. In order to renew our minds, <laughs> we should become, uh, but at the same time, Brother Andre, I'm an avid believer that the man can take it out in the garage and use those big manly muscles that he has. I, I'm, all, I'm all over that one. Thank you. Before we started meddling here. All right. And of course, when my mom comes by and she's, she's bringing her stuff up from downstairs, which I don't know, that cat poo must weigh 20 pounds. Have you ever seen her cat? That cat's huge. And she's bringing up that bag and, and I'm like, Mom, what is in there? You don't want to know. And Pastor Jay is standing there and he's like, Mom, just set it there. I'll, I'll take it out to the garage. I'm all about that. All about that. So in order, that was just all free. In order to renew our minds, we should become avid students of Bible doctrine, in particular our knowledge of the kingdom of God and who we are in Christ. I made the statement that I don't get up and just immediately start praying for Israel, or I any nation <laughs> for that matter. Well, how many know we love Israel and we ought to be praying for Israel? But we got to pray for us first. We got to put our oxygen mask on. And, and why is it that we're just always pay, praying for one nation? What about Chile? What about all these far-off lands? I mean, there's people everywhere. And there are certain people that God's going to put in your heart. That doesn't mean that anybody's more special than others. So sometimes you're going to get up and you're going to have a prayer ver burden for Israel. Sometimes you're going to have a prayer burden for India. Sometimes you're going to have a prayer burden for different ones. You should follow that out. But how many know that's not what got you saved? It's going to help you in your spiritual life, but you ought to be fortified before you're trying to carry somebody else. Before you're yielding, uh, and when I say carry somebody else, I'm talking in prayer. You're yielding to the anointing, but there is a certain amount of using your spiritual strength. And if you have nothing to add to that spiritual strength. There are times when I will not even lay hands on people if I don't feel like I have spiritually prepared myself properly. You understand? Why? Because I will go away from there depleted. There are times when Dad Hagen has said, I'm too tired naturally. There are times I've dealt with symptoms and it's like I'm... I'm just saying, not every time. I, we ought to be constantly building ourselves up. We ought to be constantly ahead of the curve. We ought, so when you wake up in the morning, what you start doing is building yourself up. Rather than just going out immediately and cutting down a tree, why don't you just start planting some roots and, and just start getting things going? Finding some scriptures, getting yourself built up. The ABCs of faith, faith... Uh, without works is dead. So, so, Lord, I thank you. I just start by worshiping you. And it says to rejoice. Be joyful. So, ha, 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 ha. Sometimes I'll just wake up in the morning. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Stuff. I'm happy. Stirring myself up in the joy of the Lord. Okay, now that was all free. Now, now, what we need to do 
is move this along. I'm, I'm going to read in Proverbs 4.20 there. So you, you get an understanding that we've got to be fixed, we've got to be established, and, some, and, and not move to fringe doctrines, not moved to always, you know, when they, when they were in the upper room and they were getting ready to be filled with the Holy Ghost, where did it start? Where did it start? Let's go to Acts chapter 8 real quickly and, and read that. And we'll see Acts chapter 8. Is this all right? Actually, I said 8. It's, it's 1. 1 8. Acts 1 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. So they started in Jerusalem, witnesses in Jerusalem. So we're going to talk a little bit about how we start out in the local church in Jerusalem. You know, they had a local synagogue there. But then, uh, now Paul, he was killing the Christians, you understand. And James, uh, I believe they killed James, but out of that came the disbursement. So you had the local church, but then they were dispersed, and then they started meeting in their houses. And many of the epistles are written to the churches in those different houses or uh, individuals that are pastors of those churches. Because I went to the introduction of every single epistle and looked at it, and most of those are all written, or you could tie them to the local church. Why? Because when Paul got saved, and he was there in prison mainly, he, he wrote a lot of the epistles in Philippi, in the prison there. We know that. Uh, but I'm just saying, uh, in the different epistles, First Peter, Second Peter, what have you, and Paul wrote to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor. So those were to establish the local church. And not one time, I, I hear a lot about prayer, but not one time did I see that prayer was emphasized over the word. See, you've got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Of course, when you talk to the Lord, that's prayer. You understand? But how are you going to even know how to talk to the Lord if you don't have the word? When I was a young kid, I remember just young, and I, we kind of were in out of church, you know, went to church on Christmas, <laughs> went to church on Thanksgiving, Easter, like every good family does, right? Uh, well, anyway, we, we needed to know the value of a pastor. And my father had come through a lot of different things because his father was a pastor. His mom was a, a, an uh, evangelist and, and so on. But, and, and his, his uh, grandfather, his dad was a prophet of God and was over what they call a school of the prophets. We learned that that wasn't scriptural, <laughs> a school of the prophets. Um, people are called to be a prophet, but we're not just supposed to train the prophets. We're supposed to train the whole body of Christ. And, the, and then there's fivefold ministry gifts and what have you. That's why you can take our Bible course and be established in the first principles, but then we do have some th more specifics for those who are called in ministry, and we have mentoring classes and that type of thing. So anyway, uh, that's a little bit of a plug there, that if you want to grow in understanding of just basic principles, take the Bible school course that we have, because it's, I mean, it goes in depth, and there are pastors that walk up to us, I mean, like Pastor Jay mentioned, I think, 
last week, uh, we had two, two pastors, a father and son, walk up to us in uh, California at the Holy Ghost meetings, Pastor Nancy's meetings, and they said, oh my goodness, it's deep. <laughs> it's deep. There's so much that you're covering, but yet it's simple. And that's, that's what they say. It's so simple. But yet you are, you're just covering in the scriptures and the, and, the, and the detail. Well, is there any other way? It's Bible school. And how many of us, sometimes we get a little frustrated because we just want to understand. When I was a young girl, I didn't understand. I didn't know how to pray to the Father. I didn't know that you pray to the Father in Jesus' name. That's a basic principle about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God within. What do you mean the kingdom of God within? What I mean is, you see, Jesus told them the kingdom comes without observation. It's the kingdom within you. And when we ask Christ to live in our heart, basically, he comes, he takes the old stony heart. Remember there in Ezekiel? And then 2 Corinthians, what, 5, 17? We become new creatures in Christ. Old things have passed away, become all things have become new. That's why you got to let yesterday go. And then just walk in the light of today and say, Father, if I have missed it in any area, I give that to you. But knowingly, if you have, just give it to him. You do ask forgiveness. But do me a favor, don't live in a mentality of 24 hours, i got to ask for forgiveness. If you know specifically something that you need to be forgiven for, just take your redemption at face value and say, Father, I'm sorry, I, I let that go. And I let the cleansing blood cleanse me. And now he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. And you're helping me. Is this helping anybody else in this church? You're helping me. See, we get up in the morning with that mentality. And we say, Lord... I look to you, I worship you, I bless you. Sometimes I'll just get out of the bed and, I, and I'll just do a jig. Yeah. And sometimes throughout the day, I'll have people in my heart. I may pray for Israel, I may pray for Ukraine, I may, I may not. I may pray for my family, I may pray for the church. I'm endeavoring to be led. I generally have my... I, uh, if it comes to my heart, I'll pray the Ephesians prayers, but many times on my way to church, I'll pray the Ephesians prayers for the congregation. But I, I have a whole, I, I like to, I, I pray for Pastor Jay, and I take it for myself. I take light for myself, and I'm praying Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. I put Pastor Nancy in there. I put the President of the United States, whoever you think he is, but I put the President of the United States in there. And some people think, you know, it's a fake President Biden. And all I have to say about that is I pray for the president. I'm not trying to put my idea of who I think is the president. I'm praying for the president, okay, and his family and his staff. And that righteousness would prevail. Truth would be revealed. We need a lot of that right now. Truth to be revealed. Amen? So uh, with that, and, and, and I'll... I'll, I'll put the church in there. And I say, Father, I pray all of these that I've mentioned for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know the hope of your calling, the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of your power. 
And I'll pray that prayer, and I take it for myself, of course, for my husband, for our churches, our, our ministry, our churches, our, our daycare, our workers. You, you name all their names. I, I mean, I name all the groups and, and the names of Pastor Nancy's family. It, it doesn't take long. And, and, and I'm just used to doing that. And then I'll go to Efe, uh, not Ephesians, uh, yes, Ephesians 3. Um, Lord, that you would strengthen us by the Holy Ghost in our inner man, Christ, dwelling in our hearts through faith. We would know the height, the length, the width, the depth with all the saints. We would know the love of God that passes all knowledge. We would be filled up to all the fullness of God. Amen? So, yes, I pray as I'm led throughout the day. And then there's just certain times, many times before service or what have you, I, I will pray. I was praying for you all yesterday, uh, this morning, you understand? But there's a time and a place where we've got to focus. Sit down, get our Bible out, and just start building ourselves up. Because the Word will strengthen you. And you, you may say, I don't know where to start. Well, you could do this, just go on YouTube and get this scripture, get this tape, and, and then the scriptures that I go to and start reading over. I mean, it's, it's, it's that easy. That I don't think there's really any right and wrong, but you do need to be led by the Spirit. And there are times when I'm getting ready for a message and God will deal with me. You haven't been spending time in the Word for yourself yet. How are you going to be ready to give them what they need if you're not? So there are times I'll just take part of the whole day and just build myself up. Because how am I going to help you see if I'm not seen? If I don't have revelation? If I'm just, if I'm just going right to, you know, I enjoy cake. <laughs> and, when you, and when you're getting ready to minister, it's, it's, like, it's like getting the cake ready. But I need to eat my veggies. I need to, some steak in there, some things like that. And, and, and then, well, anyway, moving right along. I'm giving you food. I'm giving you veggies. I'm giving you steak. But to me, it's like serving a cake. I'm just saying. Because it, it, it's a lot of fun to minister. When you have an anointing on you to do so. Amen. Well, moving right along. Now, what we're going to do here, did we, we went to Acts 1 there. So, they started in Jerusalem, then in all Judea. See, there were witnesses. Now let's go to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. What do we emphasize in the local church? I'm glad you asked. Are you awake today? Yes, this many times, this is something uh, I'm kind of tearing apart, and, and it's like a... Uh, well, anyway, it's, so it's coming out in several different ways, but this is a, a, a melted-down version of, of what I would teach in the Bible school. Now, Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Now, in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. You understand, they were giving food to people and serving them every day. And there's nowhere in the Bible that says that we have to have people, you know, that we're serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner to everyone. We're just supposed to serve the word. But in the local church, this is what they were doing. Then the twelve summoned the multiple of the disciples said, it is not desirable that we should lead the word of God and serve tables. And that word serve means to, to lead. It, it's not, 
we have to, to uh, we've got we've to get in the word. We've got to get in prayer, and then we've got to get what God is saying to this, for this congregation, for these people. And that's what it's about. Pastor Jay and I have to focus on the basics of who we are in Christ, on the basics of the kingdom of God, on the basics of the name of Jesus. Now, these are powerful things. So we don't belittle or we don't take lightly these things, but we have to bring these things to you first and foremost. And when you have an understanding of these things, then we will get more into praying for countries and what have you. Even with a prayer group, we're not just going to get right into praying out there for Samaria. We are going to first teach you the basic principles of prayer. Well, I'm not going to come the first part because I already know all that. Well, then you're getting off. Because we should always desire, the, and really everybody's at all different levels, but at the same time, how many of you get up in the morning, you eat the same breakfast every day? Not. I do. I have my shake. Usually I like a bagel. Didn't have any bagels that I wanted, so I didn't eat it this morning. <laughs> I'm not putting you down. They get bagels for me. Anyway, I don't know if those things are as hard as a rock. But anyway, moving right along. We've got to find the right bagels. I'm just saying. I, for lunch, you know, I don't go out and look for an exotic meal. I just want a sandwich for dinner. You know, we had wings last night. I'm just saying. I'm not looking for a multicultural out there dinner that's going to cover, you know, that's, that's going to make me feel extra special. I'm not looking out, out there for fringe meals. <laughs> French meals or whatever. Um, we've got to major on the minors. We have to major on the minors and when we have an understanding that the minor things of faith, the minor things of who we are in Christ, the minor things of understanding the kingdom of God within you and the authority that comes out of your spirit as you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, actually, those are major things in the body of Christ. And they're major things that... If you don't have the established and the fixed and the it footed in these things, you're not going to make it in this life. And people will fall away from the church. So we've got to major on first things first. And some people want to know, well, why aren't you talking about this? Or why aren't you? Well, Pastor Nancy's so good about that. Dad Hagen's been so good about that. Behind the scenes, we'll talk about things, what have you but just putting redemption, faith, and healing, prosperity. Why? Because you're not going to be able to do anything for God if you're broke. You're not going to be able to do anything for God if you can't get up out of bed. Right? So let's move on there. Uh, in verse 2 of chapter 6, Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good re reputation. See, that's important. People, and what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. Have a good, honest report. Be well reported. Have a testimony to be a witness. 
And you understand that we as pastors, ministers, staff in the local church, we've got to keep a good reputation. I'm not talking about what people think. I'm talking about what we get up and what we do and what we emphasize. And we've got to be right. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things right. We've got to be right. Not every, some people miss it. But let's get up and plead the blood of Jesus and do it right. And let's be right in front of our congregations. Let's be right in our staff with the local churches. Let's be right. We've all missed it. I'm not, I'm not vying for anybody. I know there's a lot of things going out there right now. A lot of things going on. And my heart is to pray for people that they're restored if they've missed it or something's gone wrong or that churches will be restored. What? So that they can simply get back to the in Christ realities. Did they get off that in the first place? I don't know. I'm not their judge. I just know that if we have wrong focuses within the local church, we're going to get off. We've got a major on love. We've got a major on who we are in Christ. We've got a major on God wants you healed. God wants you prospered. God wants you. He, he, you're forgiven. And it's not about me being your, your spiritual guru and telling you what you can wear. And it's like, give me a break. I, I, I got other things to do. I don't need to, Don't ask me what you should go buy and what? What about that? What are you talking about, Pastor Debbie? Oh, there's this stuff that goes around about shepherdship, and, you know, you got to ask the pastor what kind of wedding ring to get, and this and that. And this. Well, don't ask me. Just go get whatever you want. I don't care. Praise the Lord. Just do me a favor. Don't be wearing short shorts and uh, low neckline to church because there's guys in here, okay? It's not making me all hot and heavy, but it may make the guys all hot and heavy, okay? I just had to wake some of you up. Well, move right along. <laughs> Pray the Lord. Just sometimes we've got to be real here. And so let's move on. Therefore, brothers, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. So we've got to have a good reputation in the local church. If we don't have a good reputation, we can hurt the sheep. So the people that we hire, the people that we put in the helps ministry, they need to have a good reputation. And if they don't, they're going to have to prove themselves. And they're going to have to prove themselves, and we're going to have to let other people know you can trust them now. Publicly. Hello. Moving right along. So we're not trying to hide things from people. You understand? Yeah, I understand everybody has things. I'm not asking you about all the skeletons. You're in, in your closet. Nobody has a right. That's, that's last year. But if there is something that happened in your past that, frankly, other people know about, and it can come out, that can hurt the local church. So we have to use wisdom in these things. People have to prove themselves. But you know what? We don't always put people that have had problems with children in the children's mystery. It's like never. <laughs> if you've had problems with, you know, abusing a child or something like that, you're not going to be working in the nursery, okay? Bottom line, and you're probably going to get escorted through the hallways. I'm just saying. Doesn't mean we don't love you. Where'd that all come from? Well, that's just wisdom. All right. It's because we're talking about being of good reputation. And we want people, no matter what they, where they've missed it, we want them to feel comfortable in the local church. You understand? But then there's still wisdom, and there's still proving of yourself. All right? 
So, uh, good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer in the ministry of the word. And then verse 5, and the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. So, full of faith. How are you full of faith? Well, he was fixed in the principles of who he was in Christ, what he had in Christ, and what he could do with it faith in his heart that he needed to use, the authority of the believer. He knew how to, knew, uh, to use the name of Jesus for daily life. And he knew how to be led by the Spirit of God. He knew the story of Christ. We know that. And we'll, we'll look at Philip here a little bit. These were men that were serving tables. They were deacons in the local church. A deacon is not a pastor. It's a servant. It's an attendant in the local church. Some churches are deacon-possessed. I'm just saying, everybody is a deacon, or everybody has the, the title of pastor so-and-so or pastor. Well, around here, it's mainly Pastor Jay and Pastor Debbie. And that doesn't mean, and there, we have some revs around here, too. <laughs> you know, we've, or, we've ordained uh, Brother Andre um, and Maya, and we've ordained them, and also Brother Brian. We've ordained him. And, and they minister for us, uh, and, and others in our local church minister for us. So, but they're not the pastor of the church. So at any time that we would start calling them the pastor of the church, uh, then they would be the pastor of the church, but they're not now. <laughs> okay. So that's just with us, they would fit into more of the deacon level of serving, but also they're ministering the word. And that's where these men fell into. They were still serving. Okay, I serve Pastor Nancy. If I go to a meeting and they need me to serve a table, I will serve a table. I'll do whatever I need to do. I, I told them uh, years ago, I was the first one that actually, um, when, for the Bible school, uh, that told Dr. Dufresne, Pastor Nancy, I'm bringing my plunger if you need me to do the toilets, whatever you need. I'll come, and I'm going to pray for the school. And Dr. Dufresne said, no, she's a minister of the gospel. You get her teaching in the school. So that's how I started teaching in the school. But I brought my plunger. I was willing to help. You know, the last time that I went to go teach at the school, the Lord dealt with me, uh, makes Pastor Stephen and Morgan, well, they're younger than me, and they haven't been in ministry as long. Who cares? That's Pastor Nancy's daughter, in law and son, and they're in the ministry, and I'm to be honorable, and I'm praying for the ministry while I'm teaching and preaching the classes. But God dealt with me, make them some potato soup and some cornbread. So I did. And just to bless them because they were getting ready to go out of town on, uh, to a miracle crusade. So I, I made a big old pot of that up, and, get, and they loved it. And she called me up and said, We're not able to stop eating this cornbread because it was organic, had corn in there. Girl, I'm telling you, raw milk. Well, moving right along. We won't get off on that. All right, verse 5. And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, the Holy Spirit. Philip, uh, Procurus, Nicomore, Timon, all the rest of them. 
uh, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. So how many know that when we're taking our place, now we see right there in verse 8, Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. So we know that he had a call of God in his life, and as a result of being faithful in the local church, and he's still helping, he's, he's, he's still serving, He's still attendant, but he's, he's taking opportunities to go out, and he's starting to step into ministry. And that's what Pastor Jay and I did. We were helping in the local church in many areas. Uh, I was in the choir. We were in leading prayer groups. We, 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 done, we, we did just about everything, and, and then we started traveling. We taught in the healing school, but first we just helped in the healing school. Then they asked us to start teaching. We were helps ministers. But because there was a call of God on our life, we started going out more. So we got out beyond Jerusalem, Judea. We started going to Samaria. You understand that now, and I know I say this a lot. It was bothering me the other day, but the Lord reminded me why he has me saying this. And I'm constantly saying this to our staff, and I want to remind them, we have a worldwide ministry. Why do I say that? Because I need our staff and the leadership and myself, you know, we need to get a world mentality. But that doesn't mean that you're supposed to leave the local church. There are ways that we can get out beyond these four walls through social media and what have you, but we've got to have a mentality that this ministry is reaching the world. But we've got to take care of the people here. So we have to have helps ministers here, but we still have to have a mentality, and our staff in particular uh, have to have a mentality of looking over the social media, getting a heart, praying over it, giving us ideas. And I'm constantly saying, if you're not looking at the social media Facebook pages and, and such on a daily basis, then you're expecting us to do it. Well, no, we have somebody over there. No, get a heart. Get a mentality. Look at these things. Push the emoji like. Better yet, put a heart on there. Help us out. Get a heart for a worldwide ministry, but at the same time, don't forget the basics of the local church. And don't forget that we have people here that are at all different levels that we have to focus on what? Who we are in Christ. What we have in Christ. What we can do in Christ. And that means the faith that's inside. That means the love that's inside. That, that means uh, the joy that's inside. That means the peace that's inside. So we have a worldwide ministry. Why? Because that's the boundaries with what God's called us into. In all honesty, our boundaries really focus into Africa and then also into Mexico, and uh, we will be starting a church in Mexico. Not right now, but we, we're, we're preparing for that. And frankly, God has put the Hispanic people on my heart, so I'll probably be more involved with that. Does that, I, I don't love the people in Africa? Of course I love the people in Africa. I love them, and there's no difference in my love for them, but there's something about the, the, the sphere and the anointing on me to minister in, there are certain places that God has put in my heart, and if I will go with that anointing, so I'll probably be more involved with the church there in Mexico. 
Pastor Jay will be more involved with the church in Africa. But that doesn't mean that I love anybody less. It just means that we're staying within our boundaries. But how many know I don't get up in the morning and immediately start praying for Africa? Immediately start praying for Mexico? No, I've got to strengthen myself in who I am in Christ. Or I'm going to get off. I'm not going to have strength. And, and really, we're, we're almost done here. But let's go to Acts chapter 8. Actually, very quickly, let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Is anybody getting blessed today? And as you're going there, I'm just going to get a drink, so avail yourself. Not of my water, but you can get your own. <laughs> Actually, I have an extra one here if anybody needs it. Okay. Anybody need a water? Good. Okay. Get that girl water. She's. She was bold enough to ask for it. There you go, sweetie. <laughs> All right. Matthew seven twenty four. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, see, it's the hearers and the doers. What that become wise, and. They were men that were full of faith and also full of the Holy Spirit. Those who are full of faith are hearers and doers. So they've got wisdom. You understand? And it, these uh, men in Acts chapter 6, and we were, we were looking at Stephen, he started going out and, and preaching and teaching the word, and then God would confirm it with signs following. And then Philip, we have talked about Philip, but he's the same boat. He was serving tables. He was an attendant there in Acts chapter 6. And then he went out and he started teaching on the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. That's what it says in Acts chapter 8. But let's finish reading here. So uh, I liken him to a wise man. Who's the wise man? The one who hears and does. See, that's the prerequisite of those who are to help in the church. They're wise. In other words, they're hearing and they're doing. They're full of faith and wisdom and they're, they're being led by the Spirit and they follow the witness of the Spirit and they move with the Spirit. I'm not talking about they get up and take the service over. I'm talking about they follow as the pastor is led to move by the Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah! Are y'all awake today? All right, we got to hurry up here. Sorry. Uh, 25, and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, the, beat on that house, and it did not fall. It was founded on the rock. Yes. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. We cannot get up in the morning and not put God first and establish ourselves in the firm footing of who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, and, and what, uh, what we can do with that in Christ, using our faith, using the name of Jesus, knowing about our authority. If we don't get up in the morning and fortify these things, then we are building our house on the sand. And a church that is emphasizing things other than the basics is really inverted. And they're going to get off. Am I, am I saying that about any one church? No. I'm just saying in general. That's what the church was based on in, in the New Testament. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. 
Now, let's go to Acts chapter 8 real quick. About a thousand scriptures came to me and all these things, and I was laying there last night, and I'm like, Lord, I could preach 1,000 messages with this. And I'm not sure, was the team praying last night downstairs? Did y'all take a little time to pray? You didn't pray? Oh, well, you should have. Praise the Lord. You didn't get my cue that, you know, you can pray if you'd like to. I'm just saying. Moving right along. All right. I'm just saying, there's a reason you're here to help the church, and prayer is a big part of it. Moving right along. And that doesn't mean you have to take two hours, but moving right along. So I was laying down there, and just some download came as I was praying in the Spirit. All right? Now let's go to Acts chapter 8, and I was getting direction. Verse 4. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Don't worry, our, our leadership can handle it. They're okay. They're, we're nice to them. All right? They can take it. What's that? Yeah, they were honest. And they, that's, oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. You got an advocate. All right. Verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. So this was after, after the dispersion. But what did we say? That these, they were scattered, but they went to each other's houses. It still was based in the local church. You understand? And they were having meetings outside of the house and what have you. Now, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things by Philip. Now, notice here. Preach Christ to them. Now, you could come and say, what did Philip preach on? He preached Christ. What's that telling you? The anointing. That's about it. There are pl he preached the story of Christ. How do we know that? Well, let's go on here. Let's go on here. Uh, yes, and that's what Christ means, the anointed one. Now, verse 12, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. How did they know what baptism was? Well, he had to teach on it. You don't do something that you don't teach on. He had to teach, you know, you're a new creature in Christ. And baptism isn't getting saved, but it's showing in, uh, outwardly the inward work of Christ. And he obviously taught on that. And he obviously, what's, what's the kingdom of God? Well, we talked about that. Jesus said the kingdom of God's within you. And then what about the name of Jesus? Well, we just talked about that. Why did he, he taught on their authority in Jesus' name and simply using faith in the name of Jesus? I'm sure that they told them the story about Jesus when he was standing in front of those trees and those mountains and Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, be, take, be thou cast into the sea, taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, it shall come to pass. And you can take that mountain illustration out there and put your situation in there. Whoever says to sickness, whoever says to poverty and lack, whoever says to condemnation or the whatever the devil's saying to you. See, that's what he was emphasizing. He wasn't emphasizing, okay, we've got to pray for the nations. That's important. 
Don't make me say something I didn't say. Because Pastor Jay and I do pray for the nations. Pastor Jay and I do. We, have, uh, we do have a prayer base and a prayer ministry. But too many people are forgetting the basics and moving on, and they haven't put life support on themselves, and they're trying to get things in prayer, and they're depleting themselves. And the local church is a place where, yes, we teach people. We're general practitioners. So if God's dealing with me about the second coming and to start emphasizing faith and the second coming and healing and the second coming in my ministry outside of the local church, you're not going to hear me ministering that all the time inside. But you're going to hear it more as you hear us in other churches, out in the body of Christ. And it's going to come to pass that you'll see these pastors start stepping into things. It's like, oh, I've not seen that before. But you'll see a stronger anointing. And you'll say, well, maybe they're not going to be here and give us what we need any longer. But don't let that thinking come. No, but it's going to move and move and grow and grow and feed the masses, but there's still the message here of the basic things in Christ. Amen? So you're going to see us stepping out in this worldwide ministry, and I don't say that for kudos for myself. I told you why I said that, because I had to clarify that, because there's some, why is she always saying that? Because I believe it in my heart and I'm speaking it in my mouth so that God can bring it to pass. Because he needs us to take our place in the body of Christ. And then he needs the church to understand that also you need to help us by, by carrying us in prayer. Not as a burden. You understand? People call it a prayer burden. Well, it's not a prayer burden. It's a job. It's a helps ministry. And you pray, and if you don't understand that about your pastors, how can you pray for us? Right. And you understand that prophetic that's on Pastor Jay and I's life. You understand that? If you don't, you'll see it more and you'll get to understand. And you'll even see more in special meetings or as you're watching meetings um, in other churches, uh, stepping out more into things, and you'll understand even what I just stepped out in there, which was the spirit of prophecy. But understand that we have not come in here and majored on prophecy. We've majored on the basics. We've got books back there, and Teresa sent them to me. Uh, basics. Victory. Overcoming. Amen. Faith. We've got to feed on these things. Every day. I, I used to, as a young girl, 18, 19 years old, before I went, actually 18 years old, and I was working at Farmland Industries uh, in Kansas City as a uh, tech, and I had been going to school as a chemistry major and was going to pre-med and so on and so forth and got a job there as a tech. But anyway, um, during lunch and during my 10-minute breaks, I had Dad Hagen mini books, and I would read those. As an 18-year-old girl, don't tell me that young people aren't hungry for the things of God. Certainly they are. Okay, so we see that that was the message that Philip was preaching as well. Now, he was involved, uh, 
let's note this. He was involved with helps ministry. He was a leader in the local church. Why? Because he was full of faith. He was full of the wisdom of God. He was full of the Holy Ghost. But he served tables. And he took care of people. And they were able to grow. And part of serving tables is actually helping people to grow. The young ones, for instance. I mean, our staff and our leadership and others in the church, do you know that anybody in our church can, uh, we help them to know how to lead people to the Lord. We need to be fixed in that. We need to be established. Do you know how to lead somebody to the Lord? For the longest time, I didn't. I was going to Bible school, and I still didn't need, I didn't know how to lead somebody to the Lord, Teresa. All I had to do was go to Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, and you teach them, and, and these men told them the whole story of Jesus, taught them about the kingdom of God, God taught them about how people were being baptized. You see, Philip came up to this uh, eunuch there on the Gaza Strip, and he was reading the book of Isaiah, and he was and he was saying, "Who's this talking about? What man is this talking about?" And Philip joined himself to the chariot. Uh, he asked him to come on up, and he he joined himself and he preached Jesus to him. He told him about the story of Jesus. And the, the eunuch said, what, you know, shouldn't I get baptized? What keeps me from getting baptized? That means that Philip taught him what baptism was. You understand? And Philip said, only believe. Now, do you come to somebody and say, okay, just believe in Christ? And then they get saved? No, we've got to know the story. You see, you got to read in between the lines. You got to, you have got to know the types and shadows of the Old Testament. Now, fo- focus on the, epi- the the Gospels and the Epistles first. But understand, these guys knew the types and shadows. They knew that this eunuch was talking. He, he was reading the book of Isaiah, and Isaiah was prophesying about Jesus. So Philip was able to preach to him. How are you going to get a Jew saved? You better know the types and shadows. All right. Know these things. Know your Bible stories. That's why clear back. You know, the kids in, in our uh, church in Cedar Rapids have got more people saved probably than the adults. I'm just saying. They knew, because they have the stories. In, in, you know, they're constantly the, the story of David and Goliath and on and on and Samuel. And, uh, they're constantly learning these things and they, know, and, they, and they know how to get people saved because we, take, we give them classes where they can get people saved and we have kids all the time bringing people. And say, so here, they got saved at school. They didn't bring to, them to the church to get saved. They already got them saved and then they brought them into the church. And how many people just like come to church so you get saved? Why don't you get them saved after work or whatever, and then bring them to the local church. But if that's the only way, bring them to church. Praise the Lord. So, um, understand. Now, we know that Paul and Barnabas, they established many churches. And then what did they do? They went back. There's several scriptures that talk about they went back and fortified them in faith, reinforced them in faith, laid hands on them, imparted to them. Paul said, you know, I desire to see your face so that I can strengthen you in the faith. And there are reasons. See, that's our job. That's Pastor Jay and I's job. We're not here to lead a social club. We're not here 
to teach you all about the natural aspects of health and life and living, but to focus on the spiritual things. And there are a lot of things I believe about the natural side, and some, some of that I'll put in there, and you understand, because people need to, to know and do some research. I mean, we, we're in the day and age of information. You just have to have wisdom. So why don't you stand up? So we need to be fortified in who we are in Christ. We need to understand what it means to have the kingdom of God inside of you. What does it mean that I'm in Christ? It's just like you go into that house. Are you standing in the middle of the house waiting for something to do? Or do you go in and use the facilities? You go in and you use the kitchen. You turn on the sink. You go in and you, you, if you're tired, you go in and use the bed. If you need some coffee, you turn on the coffee maker. We have to learn about the tools that we have in Christ. And what are those? Our redemptive tools. In Christ realities, the reality is you're healed. The reality is you've been blessed and prospered. The reality is you've been forgiven. You are in Christ, and you have authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. Father, these words that we have spoken, may they ring in the hearts of every believer in here today an understanding, a revelation of how to fortify themselves in who they are in Christ, what they have in Christ, what they can do in Christ. Using their faith, using the fruit of the Spirit within their heart, Growing up in character, love, and goodness, and mercy, and compassion toward their fellow men. Being faithful in their local church and helping the local church before they go out beyond into Samaria. Thank you, Lord, for revelation. Thank you for blessing this body, helping us to rise above who we are in Christ, seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, before uh, we started preaching and teaching, I just saw myself take this prayer cloth. And uh, Shelly, I'm going to lay hands on this. Can you come up here? You mind? Sorry, I'm being to bearish. Uh, in my niece, Carrie, she just got out of the hospital and she's got uh, a baby that they've actually um, kept the baby from coming early. There's things they can do to do that. And she just got out of the hospital with pneumonia and the enemy's been trying to take that baby's life, but he hasn't been able to. <laughs> so I just saw myself uh, lay hands on this cloth. Um, Paul, he ministered to people. And he, he took uh, cloths and, and they laid it on people and they were healed. And signs and wonders and miracles took place. So we're just going to do that. In Jesus' name, Father, I lay hands on this cloth and just commission the anointing to go minister to Carrie, Danny, Cody, that household, this baby. Keep her strong. Everything to come out the way that you've intended, Father for this pregnancy this baby will be strong and grow up strong and I'm going to put this in there Father in the, 
in the strength and the admonition of the Lord. I believe this baby is marked for great things. And I'm asking you to help Carrie see that, help Danny see that, and to raise that baby in the things of God. And I believe that you have something to do with that too, Shelley, to help put the things of God in that child. In the name of Jesus. You receive that? Yes. Amen. Just tell her to put that on her and go to Acts 19 and read how they laid handkerchiefs and people were healed. And Amen. Amen. Love you, Shelly. Praise the Lord.